Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Dark Place Dreamers. I'm the Dean, joined by Dark Place Roberts. Hey, how are you, good man? I did an intro. You did an intro this time. <laughs> you remembered. Episodes. Yes. We're here to talk about episode nine of the Sandy Mans. Yeah, so what did you make of this episode? I liked it. I didn't it. ask you before. I liked it because like... it's an odd number. <laughs> it's an odd number. It's still dry heavy. It's actually really good. I have one query, though, which is, you know, I, you've given me this idea. Well, there is an 11th episode now, which we think is a kind of bonus thing. So they're, they're, the main story ends in episode 10. Yeah. And you give me this idea. It's all building up to the last two episodes. I still, I don't feel like we're one episode away from the end. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's, we've hit a climax. It all goes very quickly in the next episode. Like wow. everything just concludes and tapers off, and it's, and it's all, the next uh, episode's only forty-five minutes. It's not as if it's like an extended, like closer to an hour or anything like that. It's not one of the longer episodes, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some weird parts in that episode, and don't don't forget, it is very close to the comic book, so everything is um, it, it just works better. I think that pacing it's a weird adaptation. Watching it the second time around, and I'm starting to realize I'm not just watching it to actually compare to previous work. I'm actually comparing it in isolation this time around. Mm. Um, it's a bizarre thing it, altogether. It's not something I would recommend to anybody, I guess, other than the fact that this is a famous piece of work that's been adapted. It's not a standalone piece that's good. It is weird. Yeah. Well, let's get stuck in. Um do you remember how we opened this episode? Um, right. How do we open the episode? I don't remember. We just watched it. Mm-hmm. Literally, we just watched it. It's been a long day. All right. I'm looking forward to some real sleep. Um, uh, the Corinthian. We actually have an amazing shot of him eating ice cream with Jet. Is that the beginning? Right. Well, even That's if we miss a few details, it's fine. So yeah, basically the Corinthian is with Jed and he says to him, Jed. And Jed says, okay. No, Jed, none of that happens. <laughs> oh my God. So they're in a park, they're by an ice cream van and they're actually just chatting away and, you know, actually having a lovely kind of connection in a weird way. I, I hate disco glasses. But this is drinking. a good guy who's just rescued no. him from no. uh, a violent uh, family. He's been okay. rescued. He's been given ice cream. And actually, Corinthian is really good here. He 
relates to him a lot and he's like I'm running away too and you know this kind of stuff and he says like oh you used to like that when you were a kid and he kind of makes him feel like you're a grown-up now like he does a lot of things to get the boy on side yeah except that this is when he we see the true psychopath at work because Jed finishes his ice cream he wolfs it down and then the Corinthian just kind of chucks his ice cream in the bin Yes, so this really offended your moral sensibilities. Um, look, murdering a few child protection people here, not you know, neither here nor there, but not finishing your ice cream, wasting food, proper psychopathic behavior. No. Um, the kid's an idiot as well because he never stops to. You know, the, the Corinthian says, "Once we find Rose, we'll both be okay," and he should be thinking, "Well, why the hell will you be okay when you find Rose? You don't even know her." I think he, he's he's a kid and he's excited to see his, his sister. So, uh, you know, you can, you can give him a pass on that. Get you there with your alliances. But I mean, like, as well as that, he's a complete stranger and he's run away with the stranger. And there's no red flags. Yeah. I mean, look, I know they teach you don't go with strangers, but when the people you're with are abusing you, I suppose the stranger seems like the better option. And what happens is he basically says to the kid, so we're going to take you to Rose, um, but how about first we just call into this um, serial killer convention? It's like, yeah, sounds cool. No problems there. Doesn't call it a serial killer convention. No, they just call it a serial convention. Uh, and they spell it serial. Like, the kid thinks he's going to get a bowl of Frosties, and he's not. Yeah. He's all right. excited, and he's looking around the place in the lobby whenever they bring him, and he's like, there's no cereal. I'm so sad. And I feel that. He's disappointed. But- Disco got glasses, though, and he's a good guy here. He tells the other guys, like, this kid's off limits. Don't be going near him. Let him go up to the room, stay yeah. in the room, be safe, you know. This is such a short-sighted, like, even the Corinthian at this point, he's like, oh yeah, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Whenever Jed is talking to the serial killer who specializes in killing children. Yes. Um, and it, it is just that, I, I do like that moment of, maybe I made a miscalculation here. <laughs> we see... At the speech, then I, the guy, the, the the one old nerdy guy, tells like a really crap joke, and everyone loves it. Um, that the woman's been reaped, you know, with a scythe, and she. But um, yeah, the, everyone's just there. You, you murdered time. that joke. Well, he didn't do. You much should go better. to. You, you should go to your serial convention. Oh. But the, you know, the Corinthians, the guest of honor, and he stands up, and they're all like, "Oh, the Corinthians here! Like this is this is a big deal," you know. And we see him later and they're asking him, like, how did you get your name? And, and he's kind of mingling and he's enjoying it. You know, he's been off going for years, but now that he's actually there, he is the celebrity and he's actually enjoying a, a little bit of the attention. He goes around with a smile. And at one point, someone says to him, you're too hot to be a killer. And I feel like he's just thinking, yes, I, I am, actually. But he is very much a killer. The entire point of his existence is to torment humanity. Uh, look, if you were given my thighs... What would you do with them? You know? Is it his fault? Is it in his nature? I mean, it is in his nature. His entire point is he's designed to torment humanity. He thought, so? well, I'm not doing a very good job in their dreams, so I may as well, you know, yeah. run around in reality. He uh, is doing he, exactly what he was born to do. He sees a hot guy that he would like to potentially get with, but we then realize that that hot guy is an imposter. He's not the boogeyman because actually said serial killer was murdered we think by the Corinthian. <laughs> so he just says, I know. I know about this. <laughs> so we know there's an imposter and he's singing a blogger. So that comes up so, a little yes. bit later. So he's he's gate crashed the event, which is kind of a bizarre thing. Why would you gate crash 
like one of the most dangerous places to go. Yeah, if I heard there was a convention of killers in town, you know, the last thing I'd do is get crash the convention. You know, that's a, a strange thing to do. I mean, bomb the place, maybe. Hmm. But bring them ice cream. But what happens... Can we, can we talk about Funland's performance as well in this episode? I, to so be honest, just... I was just going to not talk about him. But yeah, go ahead. No, I like two things. I think the actor who portrayed him did a fantastic job. I absolutely hate this guy. He's just so creepy. And the guy who plays him really carries forward that kind of mm. nervous energy. And I also just love Fun ha- uh, Funland's knockoff Disney hat, <laughs> where it's not the hat with the two circles. It's actually yeah. two pointy ears. Well, we don't know. Ooh, um, so he's creepy and he likes the kids, but he is a murderer. Uh, he kills the kids, right? Like it's not. Yeah. It's it's never spe- explicitly stated that like he's is a pedophile or anything like that, is it? No, he just kills. He just them. gives never, a creepy yeah. vibe off. <laughs> It never goes into too much detail. I think he's just one of these man-children things that wants to play with the kids, and whenever they want to go home, it's a case of like, well, no, you can't go home, and then they get upset, and he ends up killing them. Yeah, maybe it's just that, you know? That's so, more simple, Tim. In a moment or two, Rose is going to arrive at the convention, but we should probably cover some of these, the guidance, the side stories, um, first of all. Um, there is a lady... Who just loves having ghost sex. Ah, Lydia. And and she's such good hair. Such really good hair. And um, (laughs) so one of the earliest scenes of this is she's standing in a room with her her back to us. Can can we just delve into that as well? Because all she seems to do is have sex with this ghost. That's all she does. (laughs) It is really bizarre. Like, I'm sure couples do more than just that, but that is all that's being portrayed. Yeah. There's no kind of like pillow talk. <laughs> There's nothing along those lines of, you know, no. hey, let's have a meal together. It's like constantly just, nope, I'm going to sit in your face. It's a lot of that. But they also built a house. Okay, they did, they did build a house, but they didn't exactly explore too much of the house other than like the front room, the bedroom, and yeah, the nursery. Yeah. There's a lot of rooms that weren't getting used. But look, um, Rose comes in and she's kind of like, I've been having these weird dreams. And I'm thinking the other girl's like, yes, I've also been having ghost sex dreams. Wait, what? <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, I believe you because I'm dream pregnant, but somehow I'm real pregnant. And somehow, like, inexplicably, she's not only pregnant, but, like, very pregnant. Like, time time like, scale independent here. It's like her dream can't keep track of her pregnancy. So. Like, this happened at the end of the last episode. Yeah. This is something we actually forgot about. Or no, I, I think I it starts sure at the beginning of this one. She walks in and she mentions this again, that we find out in the last episode that she's pregnant, I think, and um, which we didn't mention, but it's in the beginning of this episode when she's standing with her back to Rose and Rose walks in and says, I'm having yeah. weird dreams. And she's like, yes, I'm also having weird dreams. Go sex, go sex. And Rose is like, oh, yes, you've been having ghost sex. And she's like, yes, I'm pregnant. Ghost sex. So a lot of that is going on. And then who should be standing at the window eavesdropping? The Raven. Yes. Oh the Raven is the Raven is uh, eavesdropping and that's his main role in the episode. Yep, he that's, hears that's what's going on. And yeah, then he goes back to the librarian and he's like, hey, this stuff's happening. And the librarian's like, this is not my problem. I'm just a librarian. Even though no one ever uses this library, there's books lying everywhere. It's so disheveled. I've got to put back all these books that no one's actually taken out. 
I mean, yeah, somebody must be using the library. Wouldn't um, you use a library like that? I, I, we never see anyone use it. Maybe it's just the dream walks around is the there, place with his arm out and he's just knocking little books out. Is there anyone to use it? Like, there's no one there. There's no population. But the dreams, they're just not shown. Like, you, it, it you feels see like an dreams. empty realm. Like, I don't see a population. He's the king of nobody. Ah, uh, well, no, he's the dream. He's the king of his own creations. But, yeah, you're actually right. You've hit something there. The, the dream world doesn't seem that lively. He there's just a has a librarian and a raven and a pumpkin. A pumpkin you hate. Uh, you know, he has three characters, two of which I hate. So, next, the um, there is this sort of tension where the librarian's like, I'm not apologizing to the dream. I Yeah, I took on all his responsibilities while he was gone, but now he's back and he's told me, you know, get back to the library. So, there we go. And the raven's like, you know, you can do better. We've, we've got a crisis. You can be the better person. And she's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't. I respect that. I absolutely respect that. If the world's going to fall around, fall apart around me, I want the recognition. Yeah, she, was, she was told, stay in the library, do your job, and that's what she's doing. She's malicious orders, compliance. You know, yeah. Um, but no, no one seems to want to tell the dream. So later, the pumpkin head comes in to tell him something by mistake, thinking that he would find a librarian. And the dream's like, why is no one telling me anything? Like, well, you're not really a pleasant person. And uh, <laughs> she actually usually handles your job for you. Um, <laughs> I mean, mostly, yeah. And then he, he says, this is, in, the, in the best line of the episode, he's like, is something, you know, happening that could um, damage the realm? And then all the windows are breaking all around him. And it's like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and the pumpkin's like, should I fix that or is it literally just going to break again? Because like, I don't want this job if it's going to be undone in 10 minutes. And the dream's like, it won't be. It's like, eh, well, well. I do, I really appreciate that. It's just like, do you want me to fix it or just leave it alone? <laughs> and there's, I, I, you know, the pumpkin really only appears in like this one minute scene. And I think, although he's terrible, he gave us one. Funny, I like. I, think him. I like his animation style. I don't like that, but he gave. You know, he made a cameo and he gave us a funny. I think I'll allow it. You know. <laughs> so anyway, we carry on. We uh, eventually the dream goes and visits the librarian and kind of subtly is asking for. No, help. he walks in and just says, "I'd like to return these books." Like American flipping psycho, he's got some videotapes to return. You know. <laughs> he walks in. I've got a, I, I've got some books to return, and then he stands around looking all sheepish and look, kind of looking up at her. And he really reminds me of Dylan Moran in Black Books. And he's got his long coat on. <laughs> and he's a ridiculous, a ridiculous person. This show would have been a lot different if we had Dylan Moran actually just bumbling around the place. <laughs> but eventually, oh, you can put me in a glass prison. <laughs> I would like that actually. Could we just a, a shot for shot remake, but just with Dylan Moran? <laughs> Same hair. I mean, it's perfect. yeah, they look the same. But basically, <laughs> what what <laughs> what happens is um, they they make up, but the dream actually makes the overtures towards the librarian. He's like, "Like you were right," and there's some stuff happening. He's like, "But I still don't think it's the vortex." He's like, "It's the vortex." I was like, "All right, okay." He does it. He does concede, and he does acknowledge. And I thought that was funny. And then they put more books away. So. I, we will get back to the convention and we'll get to Rose and we'll wrap up the episode. But there's some more stuff that I think we'll just get to now and we'll kind of take it theme by theme okay. rather than how it appears in the episode. Um, 
there's more ghost sex related shenanigans basically so oh, yeah so having I, more ghost sex but the i mean this weird looking glass cabin that they've built in the middle of a beautiful field with mountains and you know maybe a stream or something it's lovely and uh, but there's cracks everywhere and during their sex there's an earthquake and they're like flip well guess we better interrupt our sex for like a few seconds to see if this earthquake's affecting us badly enough and then they're like yeah it's fine but i there think is that's an fair if the building is going to fall down yeah but i feel like they're like oh there's a minor inconvenience this earthquake uh, shall we head back to bed then or what are we gonna do <laughs> but there's cracks all in the ground there's cracks in the ceiling you know and the guy this is funny because there's this there's this funny moment so they're they're having sex an earthquake happens and the guy goes outside sees the cracks in the ground he's like i swear this is the first time this has happened and i thought that was very funny <laughs> <laughs> So do you think that that's a subtle? I think that was cleverly game. written. Yes, I do. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Can we stay on this this particular stream as well? Because at uh, we we'll talk about Rose falling asleep in the car on the way to the convention to see her brother. She then meets up with um, Lydia in the dream, in her dream, and gets to see the house. Yes, we... so Rose gets to see the house, and um... I thought. You would really love this scene, just for the entire, you know, taking the sand, of, uh, the bag of sand away from the person saying, right, that's done, let's go. Yes. So so here's what we get. Rose appears outside with the girl and they're chatting and they say, let's go inside and see the house and my husband. And somehow they don't see him, but about three meters away, looking very ominous in his goth trench coat, is the dream, just standing looking. And I think he's the raven with him, but then the raven disappears. And then all of a sudden, the dream is in the house by the time they get there, even though they're closer. And he's just there. And he's like, well, you're basically messing everything up by having a weird ghost dream sex realm. And everything's got cracks in it. So this has to stop. And they're like, oh, okay. And we think, you tricked me here. You said, look, he's going to be nice for once. He's not going to just stop them. He's going to say, take time to say your goodbyes. So I, they, I, I thought that was nice. He could have just shown up and was like, no, no, and, and destroyed it. Done that before. So he, he says, take some time, say your goodbyes. The guy gets up, turns his back on the dream, walks over to his wife, and as they're saying their goodbyes, sneaky, sneaky dream just puts out his hand and disintegrates <laughs> the man as they're still speaking, as they're mid-word, mid-goodbye. Well, they're not they saying goodbye. They're, they, they're they just have, kind of saying, like, no, this can't be. This come can't on, say your goodbyes. Three, two, one, hurry it up, disintegrate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Um, wouldn't you? And, and yeah, he, says, he turns this dream is entire. over. Not Rose, he's... I don't know why, no. but then Rose gets angry. Like, instead of just saying, it's not really my business. This girl's having weird ghost sex. She's just like, no, you stay away from my friend's dream. I'm going to really care okay, about this okay. for reasons you've unknown. Just, you've skipped over an, a major point there that he pointed at the baby and said, I'll come for that later. I thought that was in a moment. But yeah, anyway, this happens where he says, I will come for your baby because it was born in my realm and I will collect it eventually. You can give it for now, but one day. I kind of thought that was weird. Like, like you, you, you get to hold on to the kids and... I don't know. Is it kind of like when he can get around to us? That's so lazy. Dream is a horrible person, right? So he kills the guy as he's saying his goodbyes. He gets him to turn his back on him. Now he says he's going to take the baby. He doesn't need the baby. He's going to take the baby. 
And then he's like, no, this dream is over. We're done. Rose stands up to him. And then Rose says, this dream is done. But he <laughs> doesn't, you know. So I thought that was very, very clever the way they did it. Um, but so he he says the dream is done. He escapes to his own realm. But Rose just appears with him. Like she's there. And he's like, how did you get here? He's like, well, this is not the first time she's done this. So don't be so surprised. And then she's like, yeah, so stop being a bad person. And now I'm going to repeat the line you said. And I'm going to be badass. It just feels like whenever somebody tries to break up with you and you say, no, I'm breaking up with you. Yeah, it's kind of like that. that it's, it's the exact same thing. Fire me, I quit. It's like the situation is the exact same. It's still over, but get your together. Ah, uh, now there's editing. God damn it. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Bleeps. So, yeah, that's... Where were we? I think we're done, but the dream was just not a nice person here. Like, I think we're done with this section. Uh, he yeah, never really I mean, is nice. He's a petulant child most of the time, at, at best. I mean, you can't put it down that he's not actually a person and he doesn't understand human beings or human emotion or anything like that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but no, I liked it because he makes the guy disintegrate, which I thought was funny. And that's the end of the ghost sex realm, but she's still pregnant. And she's really worrying over nothing. He said, one yeah. day I'll take your baby. So... Presumably, that's at least after the birth. So you've got some time. We are freaking out for. I mean, generally, parents would like to raise their children to adulthood. Is sure. always the preference. But look, it's a problem, you know. But she's she's there worrying, and she phoned Rose. She's like, "Don't worry, I haven't lost the baby. I'm okay physically." It's like, yeah, we know that. He said he would take it after it was born. Of course, you're okay. Why, why are you worrying today? Like, I'm not saying don't worry about the future. I'm saying, why are you like, oh, it's okay? Like, I haven't had a miscarriage. Like, man- I told you, you wouldn't. The man disintegrated her husband. You should goddamn logic. I mean, it, it's it's a bit messed up. So, I think we're done with those people. Yes, we're done with that storyline. This all happened on the car journey uh, with Rose, going as far as the convention. She wakes up, she's at the convention. Yeah, there is a very brief cameo from the granny at one point when Rose phones and says, like, I've got my brother, it's all good. And then the mischievous granny says, that's fine, you can um, be her guardian, and then hangs up and then says to her lawyer, I'm going to be her guardian. <laughs> I'm going to adopt them. <laughs> like, well, hold on, what did you just say? And then the lawyer's like this, um, you're too old to adopt. And he's like, can't you just be happy for me? And he's like, no, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> and we, Rose is in the car at this point with Stephen Fry, and there's the bit where she falls asleep, and we do the bit that we just did, so that's fine. He wanted to go with her, and his reason is, I like to be a knight errant, and I have a sword stick. And she's like, yeah, that checks out. You can come with me. I know, very useful, very useful altogether. So now they go to the convention, and now everyone's um, together at the crescendo. Okay, and also, while they're on their way to the convention, Jed has been sneaking around the motel that they're at. We kind of know why they locked him up before because he sneaks around a lot. They say, like, <laughs> stay in your room. He's, like, sneaking around seeing all these uh, serial killers. And it is, it's so strange. And I was just watching him the entire time thinking, like, there was a reason you were locked in the basement. He was mischievous because he wore his dressing gown over his clothes. I was kind of like, I'm just here watching Superman and eating chicken fingers, almost ready for bed. And then as soon as the dream leaves, like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, uh, this has been a ruse. It was Disco Glasses who left the... the oh, sorry, yes, Disco Glasses. Uh, this has been a ruse, and off he goes with his uh, street clothes, and he sneaks down. Um, and he's just sneaking oh. around. I don't like the kid. 
No, no. You, you get a lot more sympathy for the foster parents in this episode. Um, anyway, so Rose arrives. She tries to go into the convention. She They're turned away, herself and Stephen Fry. Um, steal some passes. They steal some passes. They make, make it in. And this is my favorite scene in the entire... In the entire series of Stephen Fry going from uh, the convention talk really? room to talk room to talk. I love that scene. Like, it doesn't do anything, though. It's his facial expression. Yeah, he goes into different rooms and sees, like, this isn't your main convention speech, I guess. There's, like, smaller speeches, kind of like breakout rooms almost. So he got pops into a few different ones, and there's, like, a religious one, and there's, like, a woman's talk one, and he pops into them. And after seeing three of them and kind of being confused and seeing weird people walking around the corridors, like, singing to themselves and all this kind of stuff, then one guy mentions that he kills people, and suddenly he's like, Oh no, that's what's going on. Like the murders. <laughs> I, I just love when he goes into the um what is it? Fem- um not femininity, uh feminist yeah. talk. That he's actually listening to them and nodding and going, Yes, yes, I agree with everything. But women need more representation about. in the mass murdering line. And it, yeah, it's just like he, they're talking about representation, how they're not using their femininity to, in order to do things. Yeah, they're they still being, you know, using their skills and blah, blah, blah. Stephen Fry's like, yes, yes, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And then eventually <laughs> it gets weird and he's like, oh, this doesn't sound right. And he leaves and goes into the next one. Yes, it's brilliant. Um, then he, he makes eye contact with Disco Glasses. He sees Disco Glasses... Dizulazis kind of looks at him, but doesn't seem majorly worried, but he knows what's going on. Um, and before we, we kind of get to the finishing points of him, we should just quickly mention that Dizulazis and the other two, they do eventually go and kill the uh, intro, the imposter guy, who's not really the serial killer, the reporter, yeah, the blogger. We're all over the place this evening. It's all right. Dizulazis um, decides, yes, I will sleep with him before I kill him. So they're they're kissing, but then the other two come in, they're like, no, no, we're just going to shank him. So... They shank him, and then the kid comes in and sees it. And it's like, for goodness sake, will you stop faffing about, kid? And he runs off, and then the uh, creepy guy gets him, and that's bad. Oh, fun land, yes. Yeah. So that's a, that's an aside. But the main thing is, Stephen Fry sees all this stuff, sees the Corinthian, goes to the desk, leaves a message for Rose, and they're like, that's grand, we'll leave that message when she checks into the room that she's definitely booked. And he's like, What? See, I love this. He came to protect Rose Walker, and then as soon as it's like, oh, this is a dangerous situation. I'm he leaving. leaves. He just leaves. <laughs> He's like, the message is I've gone home. <laughs> it is just, it's I, I don't understand his logic. It's, it's ridiculous. Like he, didn't, he didn't go and warn us like, oh no, these are all He just killers. left her. Like, this is a very dangerous situation. I better go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it, but it's ridiculous. So Rose finds her brother and gets him off the fun land. So that's fine. Goes to the desk and receives her message. And that's Grant. But now we see that who should appear with the librarian in the dreamland, but Stephen Fry. Turns out he was a dream all along. He's always it's been a dream. A dream. Uh, and now he's back to deliver the news. He's a bit bumbling, though. Because he's like, well, this is all happening, and I want to help you out, but most importantly, I want to save a friend. And then they do a bit of chatting, and they say, that's grand, we're going to fix all this stuff. 
is like, yes, and I really, really definitely want to save Rose Walker as part of the plan. And the librarian's like, wait, hold on. She's a vortex. <laughs> Quinn's going to kill her. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, oh, oh no. That's not oh, what no. I wanted to happen. <laughs> this is exactly the opposite of what I came here to do. <laughs> So I guess yeah. it's going to lead to a crescendo in this hotel or whatever next time, but yeah, essentially that's where we're at. Like, he does that message. Rose is in the hotel. She's got her brother back. The dream the, is now, I guess, on his way. The Corinthian as well has just stabbed Funland in the back. Sorry, so that's it. Yeah, when Rose gets the daughter, Funland's running up behind them to get them, and then the dream, the episode ends with the dream. Sorry, not the dream. The Corinthian. The disco glasses. The Corinthian is your dream. Ah, he's very handsome. Stabs him in the back. And then... He's like... He just says hello or something, isn't he? He's like, hello. You're safe now. You're safe with me. And then the camera looks up at him and he's got like a weird green kind of light over his face. It looks very cool. There's a couple times there's good camera work in this episode where the camera, when he's out getting the ice cream and he's wearing like a beige trench coat and the camera looks up at him and the other guy like a like a 70s buddy cop movie or something, him and the kid. I love it. Um, yeah, the camera just loves that, man. It's a well-made show on the close-ups of meeting the ice cream and things. Um, and there's a nice bit where he stands up and he's just smiling at all the the admirers. And I'm like, you're a handsome guy. You, you, you go use your mouth eyes. I, I mean... He's still a terrible uh, I think that the... Yeah, I mean, I suppose. <laughs> I, I guess next time we're going to see how it all unravels, but I think this was a good episode. I think it, it is building up, I suppose. I, I, I don't feel like we're at the end, but we'll see what happens next time. Um, Yeah, I think it's a strong episode. I like the characters. I'm glad the Raven didn't return. Pumpkinhead didn't outstay as welcome. The dream and the librarian are friends again. Stephen Fry is more important than we thought. We didn't get too many scenes with the weird people in the uh, BNB. That was nice. Oh, well, overall, there's there's going to be a good. lot of them in the next ah, episode. I'm so sorry. I think overall this was a good episode. All right, fair enough then. Oh, that's us. Yeah, I guess that's us. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to sign us out. Okay then, guys. Get done. Shake your I'm sorry, were you, were you waiting for my input? I thought you were going to say if you liked the episode. Uh, no, I mean, it's my fav- it's got my favourite scene in it. It's, yeah. uh, it's a very good episode, it's very strong, and it's, it's I guess it's the most, um, the episode that has the most storyline behind it. Yeah, I, I, so I'm reluctant to, to end, because I feel like a lot happens towards the end of the episode with these hotel scenes, and I want to give it a bit more levity, but we, we did cover what happens, like, you know. There was a lot that did happen. Like, but it, it was... feels important. You know, that's what I yeah. should say. I guess this is the actual story and everything before this was just kind of like background for this actual story. We could have gone from like episode one to like episode nine. But anyway, it feels like stuff is happening now and that's good. And um, I'm actually really, really looking forward to the last episode, but I'm scared because it's an even number. Uh, but don't forget, we have the one bonus episode as well. We have the I, bonus, I irrelevant episode. I guarantee you will love that bonus episode. I think it's going to be fun, from what I've heard from yourself. Um, but I'm looking forward to next time. Uh, the Stephen Fry thing caught me by surprise. I'm glad the kids are back together. Everything's going well. Disco glasses is just, you know, amazing. Don't, guys, a bit of advice, though. If you are rescuing a kid from some bad foster parents, don't immediately bring him to a mass murderer convention. That's the last place you should go. 
Yeah, don't don't also just take him out for ice cream. Maybe bring him to the authorities. Just he as killed General Rudis home. <laughs> well, he, uh, oh yeah, he, I guess he did. The relevant authority figure was killed by him already, yeah. Yeah, because she was doing a terrible job. She was. But there's a cool bit where the kid's like, Uncle's going to come for me. He always does. He's like, not this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wouldn't worry about it. Wink! <laughs> well, when guys... He winks, when he winks, do you think there's going to be like... Is it the sound- No, 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 no. But is it like you can hear a click or chatter of his teeth if he winks at you? I guess so. He does not oh, that's winks. hideous. Do you think he spits I... whenever he, he, if he blinks too quickly? I don't know. There's one other quick point I'll mention really, really briefly, which is when they're in the dream sex realm, the one girl's just like, yeah, my own life's basically garbage. I think I'll just stay in the dream sex realm with my husband. And and Rosie's like, yeah. Like, no one's like, you've got so much to live for in your real life. They're just like, you sure? Yeah. Ah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you're not you, doing much here. So. Beautiful wife, beautiful husband, beautiful house. It's like, it's not much you need elsewhere. Not real, but yeah, you'd be grand. Grand. You, you do you, girl. Guys, have a sleepy day. We're not with operating heavy machinery. Yes, do. Bad advice. Good dreams. <laughs>